This podcast contains sensitive content which some may find disturbing. Information shared here should not be construed as medical advice. If you or someone you love needs help with trauma, chronic pain, or anything else we discuss here, please seek out a medical professional. All resources shared are for entertainment purposes only. All content represents the opinions of Kim and Anna and any special guests and do not necessarily reflect the positions of any organizations they work for. This is not ideal, but we're going with it. A mother-daughter podcast about chronic pain, trauma, mental illness, and more. Kim is a trauma therapist and certified addiction counselor who lives in Pennsylvania, USA. And her daughter, Anna, is a scoliosis sufferer and trauma survivor living in the tropical north of Australia. Join us each week as they discuss topics from their life experiences. Welcome to the show. This is not ideal, but we're going with it. The podcast. I'm Kim and I'm the mom. And I'm Anna. I'm the daughter. And let's just clear a few things up real quick. (laughs) Uh, First of all, you will have heard from that nasally intro that both of us are (laughs) sick. (laughs) But we love you guys enough that we are making this giant sacrifice. In our Absolutely. last episode, you will, if you listen to our last episode, if not, you're not a faithful follower. But if you <laughs> listen to our last episode, you will recall that I was quite sick and that mom said, don't worry, you can't catch, she's yeah. not contagious, you can't catch it through the microphone. Two days later, guess who came down with the exact same illness? Mom. Yes, so. I did. And I did catch it from you. How is that possible? <laughs> We're on two separate parts of the continent. It's unbelievable. And it was like the bubonic plague. I am telling you what. I have never been knocked over so fast by something. And it's been ridiculous. So it's, and it's a hanger on or it's just sort of lingering and, that, and that's lingering. hanger yeah. on or yeah. Yikes. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Oh, well, I feel some type of way. But that's okay. So, and then the second thing. The second yeah, thing we've got to, uh, can, can I speak? Please do. <laughs> second thing we've got to clear up is the fact that I am on a lot of, a uh, lot of pain medication right now because last night I hopped out of bed and I don't know, it wasn't the way that I stood up. I stood up like a normal person, <laughs> but my whole lower back, I can give no better phrase than it just blew out. Like I don't, I have no idea what happened to it. And my whole stomach pitched forward and I fell forward and I don't know what happened, but I'm in a whole lot of pain at the moment, or at least I was a couple hours ago, but I've taken a lot of uh, pain medication, the correct amount. But as we've talked about, I'm quite opiate resistant, which means I have to take a lot more than a normal person does, which also means that I end up with some slurred speech going on. And I also think everything is even more funny than I (laughs) do normally. So that's the, we just needed to clear up mom's nasally voice and my potentially slurred words. And okay, so that's that. We can move on. Yeah, and I think um, it, it is so difficult. I mean, I know you moms out there, you dads out there that deal with um, having a, a child that's far away and in a lot of pain. These are the really tough days for me. We do write about this in the book, but when she is just in a lot of back pain, that's, I mean, well, in any kind of pain, but it's, it's tough. You want to kind of, 
you want to fix it, you know, you can't. It's just sort of a reality that has been so difficult to adjust to. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even I'm this, very oh, sorry. Thankful that you're able to even record tonight and that you wanted to record, but can you tell them how you're able to record tonight? What do you mean? Like how, what position you're in right now? Oh, oh, oh. I, uh, yeah, I'm lying on the floor of my house. So our computer is all set up. We've got this $3,000 computer that we bought, which I think is way too much money to spend on a computer, but my husband is really into technology. And so he custom built his own huge computer and set it all up in this giant, beautiful setup with a nice chair and everything. And that's where I should be sitting. But instead, I'm lying smooshed in between said computer desk and a coffee table. And I've got a little blanket wrapped around me and I'm I'm landing on the hard, flat surface because that's really the only way that I can tolerate being awake. Otherwise, I have to take. Are you holding the microphone? Like above yeah, I'm head? holding the microphone above my head. I'm kind of worried that I'm gonna. Everybody, all, everybody in my generation has had an experience where they're like in bed late at right. night, holding their phone up, scrolling through Instagram, and their hand slips because they're falling asleep, and the phone crashes down onto the bridge of their nose. And so that's where I'm at right now with this microphone. Only this microphone is not it light. It. It's heavy duty. Yeah, it packs a bunch. So if I'm not careful, I'm going to end up with a busted out back and then also a broken nose. So we'll have to be no. careful about that. But I did just want to say that this is one of those moments. I know it, you know, because of the medication that I'm on, I'm more lighthearted about it than I was last night. You know, last night I was very much, I know I called mom and I said, can I, can you just FaceTime me really quick. I think I just need, I, I said, I need somebody to smile at me. I just, mm-hmm. I am so discouraged. Yeah. Even now that I'm thinking, even now that I'm actually letting myself tap into how I was feeling last night, I'm tearing up. Aww. But I just, I mean, just the thought that we're coming up on this month and later, later this month is going to be the one year mark yeah. of this surgery. And, you know, this here, the start of the 12th month, which is supposed to be the last month of recovery. I'm in just as much, if not more pain as before or even as right after. Yeah. And I mean, how how much more of a discouraging thing could possibly happen to a person, especially somebody who's supposed to be young and full of vitality and, you know, is supposed to be limber and able-bodied, you know? Yeah. And I'm so sorry, sweetie. I know. It sucks. It's hard. I know. This is really hard. It is. It sucks. I'm just so proud of you for every day that you, you know, do your best. I know that you're going to be trying to actually get some stuff done today, which is very tough when you're in that kind of pain. Yeah. Well, I was supposed to, you know, for those of you who don't know, I think we've talked about it before, but my husband is in the military, which means something that I didn't realize, (laughs) which is that there is a lot of ironing to do. And I'm very (laughs) tall. And so ironing means you kind of have to be stooped down a little bit, like if you have a lower ironing board. And I was supposed to iron like for a good couple of hours today, like iron all the stuff for next week and later, later this week and then the start of next week because he's going to have to spend the weekend on the base uh, this this weekend. Uh, but I think I'm just going to have to skip that for today because I seriously, I can't even get up off the floor. So oh. I know well, nobody puts some- baby on the floor <laughs> except her own back. <laughs> oh. Where's yeah. Patrick when I need him? I think, um, you know, there was some positive listener feedback that we could focus on, which is that we actually have had some listeners tell us they are committed to looking for the Pillsbury Doughboy in the claw oh, machine. Oh, yeah. 
So that's exciting. And we had a lot of claw machine lovers, people who commented or connected with us who said, I too love claw machines. So, <laughs> Yes. And I also got an email specifically about the fact that we talked about you interrupting me too much or us interrupting yeah. each other too much. Uh-huh. And they said it was so much better in the last episode because <laughs> it was so much more easy to follow. And it just, she, uh, he or she. <laughs> 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 they no that's not right that's always driven me nuts when people try to switch out a singular pronoun with a, a plural pronoun anyways he slash she yeah he slash she said that the earlier episodes that were a bit more serious uh, the interrupting like the joking interruptions didn't really flow because uh-huh. it was a more serious topic uh-huh. And so they they were very excited. He slash she was very excited that we yes. have stopped interrupting each other quite as much. Well, we're, we're doing our best. And, and where I'm unable to not interrupt you, we also have someone who does our editing who can just mute me. So sometimes when the interrupting <laughs> is not happening, it's because I've asked the person who does our editing to just mute me for that part of the talking. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, but we are we are working on it. Our editor's name is Isaac. He's a great friend and he's so wonderful at editing. I don't know where we'd be without him. We, you seriously true. wouldn't be able to hear half of our podcast without without the editing because <laughs> we, we talk over actually, each other so much. We hope for him to actually appear on our podcast at some point. And he also did our jingle at the beginning of the program. He's the one who created, wrote that music and is our voice for our intro. Hi, Isaac. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yes, we actually, we have, so the last the last episode we admitted that even though we had promised to do an interview with a special guest, we did not have a special guest. And now we are excited to tell you we have three special guests lined up, potentially. So yes. we have two locked down and then a potential third. So hopefully we'll be able to get that going on next in the next episode. But you know what? You know, get off our backs. Don't... <laughs> We're not making any promises, so we'll see. You'll just have to tune in next week and and see what we've got going on. Absolutely. So we're going to be also talking tonight about just what was our experience with that first surgery. So we last podcast, we talked about the events that led up to determining that um, Anna was going to need some sort of intervention. Her curves had progressed and were looking like they were going to continue to progress and impinge on her heart and lungs, which was a life-threatening situation. And so um, we proceeded with finding out more about this new uh, experimental surgery called anterior scoliosis correction, um, which had uh, not really been done on on too many people, but we started doing a lot of research and reading about it. We joined the Facebook group. I'm still a member of that Facebook group, by the way. Are you? Yeah. Uh, no, I okay. I decided actually to leave that Facebook group. Did you immediately after my surgery? Yeah, yeah because I this too. yeah this is the thing about the surgery. I just want to say a couple things before we go any further. The first yeah. thing was that it had it had been done on about I think it was about four hundred people altogether. But I was I believe the twenty fourth adult to get mm-hmm. this surgery. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there was a little bit of confusion, I remember, among our support base who were helping us. We did a GoFundMe and we just wanted to let everybody know what was going on as well. So we told a lot of people about it. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of confusion as to whether, you know, I was the 400th adult to get it or if I was in, you know, a lot less doing something that was a lot less experimented. 
thus far? And uh, yes, the answer is that most of the patients when I got the surgery had been children. And on those Facebook forums, it was all the parents of all these children saying, oh my word, this miracle surgery, you know, these kids, you know, my kid is back in school. It's only been five weeks. She's wanting to go back to school part-time. She's going to start full-time next month. You know, and so I actually went into the surgery thinking that it was going to be six weeks of recovery and then back to totally normal life for me. Right. There were a lot of posts about like, oh, she's doing gymnastics. Oh, he's back to swimming. Oh, he's playing soccer. Oh, and we were like, wow, that's amazing. Can you, Anna, can you tell them a little bit about the surgery itself? Like what it actually entails? Yeah, I can. But well, I mean, I can do my best. But the thing is, I'm not a medical professional, so... I don't take any responsibility if what I'm about to say is not right. Good but job. I was I was briefed on it quite a few times. So I think I have I have the layman's understanding of it. But I did want to say the other thing, and it's just that this surgery, I mean, clearly it's been a source of discouragement for me and for my family, uh, just with how I have personally recovered from it. But I do want to clarify that this surgery seriously was, I mean, it was a miracle. It's an incredible surgery. It's got all the benefits of what the classic scoliosis correction surgery is, which is called spinal fusion, which is where they just fuse all of your vertebrae together. Uh, But that ends up leaving you with no real flexibility left in your spine. And sometimes it can lead to things like hip replacements. You know, it just, it's basically turning your whole spine into one giant femur. Like it's just one big bone. And so, you know, it does the job as far as straightening your spine, but there are a lot of complications, long-term complications afterwards. And so it's still not a perfected surgery. And so this surgery that I got is kind of like the 2.0, you know, scoliosis correction surgery. And it's where they put pins into each of your vertebrae. So my spine was in the shape of an S. So I had two, well, three curves, but two main curves uh, in my spine. And the two big ones, they basically, they opened up my back and pulled all of the, you know, they flexed the spine there as they were able to actually be fiddling with it as I was just laying down on the table under anesthetic, obviously. They straightened it out and then they drilled holes into each of my vertebrae. Uh, well, would it be vertebra each? Is that singular? Oh my word, my brain is my brain is working <laughs> at about 20% power right I'm now. I'm not sure. I'm not the one to ask for that one. <laughs> each? No, it'd be vertebra because each is singular. Each of my vertebra. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, upper, let's do it this way. All of my vertebrae. <laughs> yeah. For the had, upper curve and the lower curve. So she had two curves and yeah. they needed to drill a, a little hole in each of her vertebrae, well, upper well, curve <laughs> and lower curve. And they weren't little holes. I mean, they're, they're big and there were two holes in each, in the side of each one. Because they wanted to be able to, so what they do is they connect a tether um, with each yeah, it's of these like a pins. nylon shoelace. Yeah, yeah, is how they just really, it. really strong. And yeah. because she's in Australia, they decided to do what's called a double tether, which means that she had not just one pin in each vertebrae, but but two, and then vertebra. two vertebrae. Sorry, and two cords, <laughs> two cords, then straightening each of the different curves that she had on her back. So she had the upper curve and the lower curve, and she had, they, they came in from the side. That's why it's called anterior scoliosis correction. So they, they did incisions on the side of her body as opposed to straight on the spine, like what you see with traditional spinal fusion. Yeah. And so the, the idea, in case any of you are still not quite getting it, the idea is that they tether the sides of the curves where the curves are happening. So they'll tether the outside of the curves. 
so that as, because this is only done as far as I understand it for progressive scoliosis, which is what I had, which is where the spine is continuing to curve, uh, or it's done in children whose spines are still growing. So the point is that you tether the side, the outside of each curve so that then as your spine continues to grow or tries to continue to curve, it actually ends up straightening itself out due to physics. Right. And they were really excited about Anna because she had really a lot of flexibility in her spine. So um, oftentimes with adults, you don't uh, get quite as much of a correction as she was, as we were hopeful for her to get. So again, they are drilling these pins into the side of her vertebra and then they Mm -hmm. attach a tether and then they, and then they straighten the spine with the tether. So that rope kind of connects each pin and then they straighten it and then the whole spine straightens and the more flexibility in the individual who's getting the surgery, the more straight they can make the back. So they were hoping for a 0% curve and they got to uh, what? They, that is what they got to. They got to they zero on the table back. anyway. Yeah. Once you were standing, it, it, it curved a little bit more. Went up to nine degrees, and back up to nine degrees and 11 degrees, but that's still so minor. I mean, that was, right. that's nothing. But yes, it ended up being a roaring success. That's, that's the thing I just want to clarify is that the surgery itself, they did everything they set out to do. That's and they strange. actually, they, when we went in for the consult a week before the surgery, you know, I had to fly it from Australia. They said that they were just going to do one single tether on the thoracic curve. So the curve that was higher up is more drastic, higher up in my spine. And we talked about that for a little while. I kind of said I would feel more comfortable if we did it on the lower one as well. And then when I woke up from surgery, they actually told me that they had done four. So they'd done two on the thoracic and two on the lumbar curve. So I actually ended up getting four times the amount of hardware they were originally planning on putting in. So that was a bit of a shock, especially because, and this is going to be jumping into, sorry, I'm lying down and I still have a cough, so it's hard to have a clear voice. Uh, I know. (laughs) I know. Like I said, where's Patrick Swayze? I need him to come rescue me. Baby has been solidly. Have the time of my life. Of your life. (laughs) <laughs> and I never felt this way before. Do you know what? Do you know what? When you what? first showed me that movie, yes, and don't I think tell that's Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I think I was 14, 13 or 14. <laughs> Bad parenting. <laughs> and I loved it so much because, first of all, I had no idea about Patrick Swayze. And I watched that movie and my eyes were opened. Yeah. Although I must say that a lot of that movie went over my head the first <laughs> time I watched it. But what I do know is that then that song became my favorite song and that movie became my favorite movie because I thought yes, it was it so did. cool that I had been allowed to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You're a great, you're a great mom. A nice, that was a fun girl's night one <laughs> night. Anyway, lean back to okay, yeah. our topic. Oh yeah, what I was going to say is that waking up with four times the amount of hardware in my back, this is moving straight into a definite butt tingle warning. So just be prepared because when I woke up, do you want to talk about that for a second, mom? What it was like when I woke up? Because it was a shock to everybody. I mean, I maybe I can tell it from my perspective and then you well, can say what well, it was like okay. for you. I can I can share that part. Um, yeah. So they, they told us that they had double, they had decided to do a double tether on both curves, which was news. We didn't know that going in, but we were glad because she's going to be in Australia. 
some of the tethers did break. And so the hope was if one of them broke uh, and they weren't still sure why some of the tethers were breaking, they couldn't recreate it in the lab. So the hope was... And this wasn't, this wasn't in my case that they were breaking, just in their patients previously. Right. Some tethers had broken. And some tethers had broken and they had to go in and either replace them or fix them or whatever. So, you know, since she's in Australia, the hope was if one of them breaks, then, then we'll have the backup. And Mm -hmm. so that was like, yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, but that's a lot more trauma to the body. Two holes for each vertebra. Is it vertebrae or vertebra? Oh, my God. (laughs) I think each is singular, so it'd be vertebra. And then when when it's plural, it's vertebrae. But right. like I said, I, I can't I can't promise because I'm working on about ten percent brain capacity. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm it's late in the day over here as well, so I'm I'm struggling to keep up with the proper grammar. But anyway, so <laughs> so that was. But he was you know really excited. They had had a really good outcome. They felt very good about the surgery, and they had a great correction, which is a big you know that's a big thing that you're hoping for in the surgery and. Again, these surgeons are at the top of the field, and we just felt very cared for, very, um, very confident. Anyway, so we went to the recovery room and um, waited for Anna to be brought in. And when she was brought in, I just could tell something wasn't quite right. And I mean, I was still asleep at that point. Well, your eyes were closed, but you were not looking quite right to me. And so um, your lips were moving and the surgeons were all talking and and talking about how good of an outcome it was still. Mm. And I leaned over to try to hear what you're, what you were saying. I put my, my, my lip, I put my ear right to your lips. And what I heard was help me, help me. And I just, my heart sank because I knew you were in pain. And um, so I said, she's saying, help me. Like she's in pain. We need to do something. You know, then they started doing something. They tried to figure out why, you know, was what they were doing not working. So they started scrambling around and trying to figure stuff out. But I could just tell you were in pain and not able to move, which was a very, you know, it was a a terrifying terrifying thing. thing. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. Yeah. And I remember then the nurse the male nurse that was there because you you heard what I was saying and then he came over and he was saying what she's saying and he I saw that he had a puzzled look on his face and he wasn't understanding what I was saying and so then I remember switching to just saying the word pain over yeah. and over again pain pain yeah, it was really but the thing hard. was yeah because so during the surgery they have to collapse your lungs one at a time to to get through your side in into your spine they have to collapse your lungs which means they have to put a huge tube down your throat for the entirety of the surgery, from what I know. Which means when I woke up, I couldn't, first of all, I could barely breathe. I mean, it's very difficult to breathe right afterwards because, you know, your lungs have just been fiddled around with. Plus, your throat is so unbelievably dry. It feels like it's been closed up completely. Like it feels like it's been tied up with like 50,000 nooses, tiny little nooses all down your esophagus. And so I couldn't make any noise, which is why I was I was a whisper, but I was pushing as hard as I could to get any kind of sound out. And I was just saying, pain, 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 help me. Mm. And that nurse and and, you know, like mom said, they didn't know what could possibly be wrong. And that was really the start of some of the most severe trauma that I think mom and I went through mm-hmm. other than other than maybe the second hospitalization, which will be a different episode. But what ended up being the issue was that the epidural, because they had woken me up with an epidural placed directly into my back. 
uh, and for whatever reason, I, I don't think it was misplaced because obviously it was placed by a very good anesthetist, mm-hmm. but whatever medicine they were putting into it had absolutely no effect. So mm-hmm. what that means is that when they woke me up, there was no pain relief going on. So mm-hmm. all of that hardware, four times what we were expecting, no pain relief. So I don't know how many of you have ever woken up from a like a surgery that involves bones being drilled into with no anesthesia that's working for you. Mm. But oh my word, it was like they'd done this whole thing and then given me half a Flintstones vitamin. And like, that's what I was working with. I could feel everything. I remember it was like, it was from the top of my shoulder blades Mm -hmm. all the way down to my tailbone was on fire. I mean, it was like, it was like the whole, my whole spine was like a hot iron just had just been pulled out of the fireplace. I mean, it was unbelievable. That was tough. Just, yeah. And, you know, I think also combined, we were still learning that you were, you know, resistant to opiates. So even when they tried to fiddle with it and add to it and change it and, you know, try to give you this or that, you you still were not really responding normally to the pain medication. And so it was just so difficult and frustrating. And after such a great outcome from the surgery itself to to yeah. realize like she is not okay and to be trying to get stuff done. You know, that was definitely when I, I went terms of endearment on multiple people at different <laughs> times, I think. And maybe explain what that means. Well, you explained it last episode, but that's, Oh, uh, did I? Yeah, that's No, from, I didn't. I don't think yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. From the movie Terms of Endearment when she, the mother, Shirley MacLaine, is shouting to the nurses to get her daughter the pain meds. That's what I was pretty much doing from that point on for the next seven days. So, yeah. <laughs> and at well, one point I happening. definitely broke down and cried and just said, please, someone help my daughter. <laughs> I just. Yeah, there were a lot of tears on yeah. all sides for sure. That was difficult. But what ended up happening, and like like we said, we don't we want to clarify that this wasn't anyone's fault. Like we're not saying that this was due to negligence of any kind. It's just that I somehow was reacting to every single drug in the exact opposite way that every person is supposed to respond to it. Right. And so what ended up happening, they tried so many different, they tried all the different opiates, they tried all the different painkillers and nothing worked. And it, and they kept coming back to me, I remember, and saying, is that better? Is that better? And every time I would just, I could barely even move, I would just shake my head, no, it's not better. You right, know, we're bringing in heating pads, we're bringing in ice packs, we're bringing in... Oh, I mean, you that know, was not even... To try to, I know. Yeah. But I'm and just, so eventually- well, I just remember scurrying around frantically for about <laughs> four days straight, just like, is there anything, anything that can be done? And they were, you know, they were trying to, we, we, it was just a extremely puzzling situation of how to get well, your pain under control. Yeah. And that's, I wasn't done with my thought yet. Oh, and- sorry. <laughs> Well, what what I was going to say, what ended up happening is that because they couldn't find any pain medication that worked at all, they ended up sedating me. Yep. And what happened there was they, they put me on ketamine, which they knew I had a good reaction to because it was the only thing back, you know, in our first few episodes we talked about when I broke my leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exact same thing happened then. We just didn't realize why at that point. And so they also had to sedate me with ketamine after my leg surgery. And so I had gone into the surgery saying, if I wake up, I just want you guys to know that previously ketamine has been a lifesaver. So can you just, you know, put that on your file? 
So they ended up using ketamine, but then because of how I I had been in such extreme pain for so long while they had been trying to figure out what pain meds to that would work, you know, I think that they, something ended up happening where I was over sedated and then there was a giant scare because my heart began to slow down very, very dangerously slow rates. And so then they woke me back up again, but then they really woke me up still with no pain relief. <laughs> But this time I didn't even have any like fuzziness left in my brain. It was just wide awake. Here I am. My heart is now racing because I'm wide awake again. All the pain is here again. And so it was just a lot of bringing me up and then putting me back down and then bringing me up, you know, and it just yeah. took days until finally it wasn't safe anymore to keep me on the ketamine. And so then that's when it just, that's when the heating pad started, you know, because I had to be awake then, but still with no real pain relief. And then finally we found the one medication that has continued to work for me to this day, which is, uh, what's the name of that? Should we even say the name of that? Or maybe just keep that under wraps no, you that can I say even that. have. Any I don't of that. remember. Uh, well, it's hydromorphone, which is a very, it's a very high level, high level opiate. Uh, it's actually, it's, it's in the same grouping as fentanyl, which is the strongest ever made, but fentanyl <laughs> very frustratingly has absolutely no effect. They yeah. gave me four full syringes of fentanyl. Uh, during that second hospitalization. We'll talk about that in another episode, like I said, but absolutely no effect. Yeah. Infuriating. It was a constant, you know, well, you know, we're going to try to give her more, but you know, this is probably going to cause her to overdose. And I'm like, well, I don't know what else to do. She, she's in pain. Like I, what? Yeah. Something must be done. So anyway. And it got to the point where we all kind of decided as a family, I mean, all I think separately in our own brains, maybe you and dad together, but me, I certainly got to the point where the concept of overdosing was much preferable to the concept of well, you staying actually, alive. You actually that said that to the people. <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> yes. You were I like, that was listen, in my head. whatever you're worrying about, I do not care. <laughs> like I just need, and I, and yeah. I was kind of like, listen, I, I mean, we, we can't stay like this for days anymore. So anyway, we're at the end of this episode and it's not, we haven't got very far, but that was the first few days following this major surgery. Again, super success, but super difficult with regard to pain. And still, even to this day, we're still struggling with pain and that's hard we know a lot of you pray for us. We're so thankful for you guys caring about us. And we know a lot of you okay, have enough, a lot of... enough pandering. Wait, no, <laughs> I, don't, I want to say one more thing. We know a lot All of right. you guys have your own struggles, your own people in pain that you're struggling with. And we just want you to know, like, it's tough and we get it. And we're, I mean, I'm sorry that it, that for what you guys are going through, this is tough for us, but we're, we're glad to be going through it with you. Yeah. And I want to say one last thing, which is you can feel free to follow us on all of our social media pages where we keep you all updated on our latest episodes and latest happenings. On Instagram and Twitter, both, we are Not Ideal Podcast is our handle. And then what about Facebook, Mom? You're the one who runs the Facebook page. Uh, notideal.net. Um, if you search for notideal.net, like D-O-T net, you'll find us. And you can join and follow. We put a lot of extra um, tidbits on the Facebook page, like from our last episode with the claw machine. If you listen to that one, we actually have the video of me trying to get Rainbow Cloud from um, yeah. from that podcast. So that's that's worth your time yeah. joining. And we also have we also once posted a contest for people who. <laughs> For people who 
were willing to follow our podcast on iTunes and give it a rating. But if you go back and check, no winner was ever announced. And the reason for that (laughs) was that nobody did it. Oh, poor the baby. Contest, the contest would have been between mom, my mom, myself, and my wonderful aunt Debbie, my who sister. we love so much. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we just need to we just need to announce her as the winner. What are we talking about? You know, get that's her a good point. Get her up on she, the winner. You know what? Exactly. That's, I'm gonna do that. I'm you know, and go to our Facebook page. In about five minutes, you'll see Debbie. Debbie is the new winner. But of, listen, of those contest. of you who didn't do our contest, we are about to hit like a lot of listeners. So you better jump in there and start paying attention to what we're doing. Yeah, we- don't make the same mistake we made, which was that with Matthias Schonartz, we didn't contact him until after his most recent giant hit movie. Exactly. His followers like tripled. <laughs> we lost our chance to, no, to get no, through to him. I refuse him. to believe that. Yeah. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> we still email him every day, just about. Uh, either Anna yeah. or, or I email him and try to advise him and ask him for... <laughs> Uh, the ability to interview him on this podcast. It's still our desire to interview Matthias Schonertz. Well, you you interview him and ask him to be on the show. You that's what you email him about. I just email him about my day. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, hey, Matthias, th- things have been rough today. No, I'm laying on the to floor. Keep it professional. You need to keep it professional. No. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll go all right. and delete all those messages. We're way we're way over time. Uh, we're gonna sign off now. We're so glad you're with us, and thank you, thank you for being a great listener. I'm Kim signing off, and I'm Anna. Talk to you next week. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you guys for joining us today. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Anna and Kim on the new series, Not Ideal, But We're Going With It. Also, check out their new website at www.notideal.net.